This is the Key Life Podcast, where we talk everything automotive keys. We are produced and sponsored by AKG Academy. For more information, go to akgacademy.com. We are back again, JB. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Our last segment was on Nissan and Infiniti, and we learned a ton there. You had a few horror stories for us. Hopefully, we don't have any of those for Honda as our next manufacturer on our manufacturer's journey. So with that, why don't we go ahead and jump right in? Let's, let's talk about Honda. Okay, sure. Yeah, Honda, I don't, right off the top of my head, I don't, I don't recall any real horror story. So I, I think anything that I come up with by the end of this podcast will be pale in comparison to the Nissan. So, all right, we usually kind of start off these segments talking about what's different, what's changed. And I will tell you, one of the big uh, struggles that I see the guys having with Honda vehicles is this new insert key for Honda Prox vehicles. So your 2022 and up Accord and your 2022 and up Civic. So this is a completely new keyway. And the, <clears throat> excuse me, the 2022 Accord and the 2022 Civic has a brand new keyway. It is from the manufacturer, the material of the key blank is actually stainless steel. So it's very hard to cut. And the code cutting, the, the code series is not known except to, at this particular point, keyline key machines. It does use a special jaw and a special cutter to cut these keys. So outside of the actual dealership, keyline key machines are the only ones cutting these. We run into this quite frequently. So in, in recent weeks, there has been some developments with regards to this keyway. So as you may or may not know, I'm a huge fan of the Miracle A9. That's my go-to key machine. So I reached out to the manufacturer and I asked them about this keyway recently. And <clears throat> they made some obscure reference to um, a Honda that they called N-Box, which I had never heard of, it is a model overseas. And they said that the N-Box uses this keyway and has used this keyway in a couple of other countries for quite some time. <clears throat> so they told me that they have an adapter available to cut this key. And I asked them, you know, how do you overcome the hardness of the stainless steel? And they said, well, we just slow the cutting speed down on the machine. So I haven't got a chance to test it. I'm looking forward to in the next few days to see this adapter and to test it on the Miracle Key Machine, the Miracle A9 series. And if it does work, this will open up another machine that can actually cut these newer uh, Accord and 2022 Civic keyways. We also have developed an aftermarket insert, which is made out of nickel-plated brass, which is of normal hardness that keys usually are. So the cutting of that key blank is going to be much less difficult than the cutting of a stainless steel key blank. So it looks like one of the big problems we're running into currently may be a little bit closer to being solved very soon with the addition of some other key machines on the market that can cut the keyway. And then with the addition of our key blanks that are not stainless steel, but they are nickel plated brass. Thanks, JB. The manufacturers sure do love to keep us on our toes, whether it's programming procedures or cutting. Which, uh... Yeah, they definitely uh, don't consider us uh, when they release this new technology. Of course, that's by design, right? They have the keys to the kingdom. They know everything about every part and every car. And, you know, even though we have this Right to Repair Act <clears throat> that gives individuals like myself and others across the country the ability to get the information and to repair these cars, the Right to Repair Act does not mean that the dealers have to make it easy for us to understand and work on their vehicles. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's talk a little about programming. What, what do we need to be thinking about when we're approaching a Honda vehicle? So I will tell you, there seems to be some difficulty with the newer push to start Hondas, these 2022 Accords and Civics and a few others. And I have seen lately a lot of damaged BCMs during key programming. And I don't want to blame one manufacturer or the other because I've actually seen this happen by multiple tools. And so I, I don't necessarily think that I need to call out one manufacturer specifically, but I have seen a lot of BCMs become unresponsive in these cars recently by aftermarket key programmers. And, you know, one in particular gets to a certain junction in the programming and it asks you, hey, is this vehicle new or old? And if you click new, at that point, the BCM becomes technically unresponsive and you can't ever program standard OEM or aftermarket keys back to the vehicle without replacing the BCM. There are some cases where I've heard people be able to program different universal keys to that vehicle after the BCM has been altered in this way, but I don't know that for certain. I haven't experienced it, but I have helped multiple guys through this where after key programming, the BCM becomes unresponsive. So it's it's a little bit like what we saw in the Rogues, like we were talking about Nissan Rogues on a previous podcast, but the repair isn't nearly as costly on a Honda. You know, the BCM is fairly inexpensive and the time to code it, like even taking to the dealer, it's not a super expensive repair. But it is something that we need to be aware of that if you're programming these newer Honda vehicles with anything other than the factory software currently, there is more risk than there is in a lot of other key programming routines. So something that we should definitely be aware of that is currently happening. So, and then w within that new and old, how is that defined and how can well, someone you know, know which, it's which interesting. It's interesting. I think it's a misnomer. I think that perhaps it's probably a uh, mistranslation. I really don't think that the programmer intends to ask new or old, but what I tell everybody is select old. If the key programming goes through and works, pat yourself on the back, collect the money. If the key programming doesn't go through, then leave the customer where they are and use the factory tool. Do not press new because I have never seen a failure when someone pressed old. Now, I have seen failure in the degree of the second key doesn't program, but the first key does still program. So we're not going to call that a failure. We're just going to call that inability to program a second key. Failure is when the BCM becomes unresponsive or becomes altered in a way where the keys no longer work. So that's, that's our recommendation is don't push new. And I, I don't think that you can understand new or old because I don't think that's really what the prompt means. Well, I think it goes without saying it's an oldie but a goodie. Bad joke. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, you're re reaching a little on that one. So, mm -hmm. so let's talk a little about the OE software programming process, what you need. Maybe you can walk us through that. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like most other OEM software. You're going to need a membership, a subscription to NASDAQ. You're going to need to purchase the HIDS software, and you're going to need a compatible pass-through. Uh, you know, the common theme seems to be that a Easy Flasher 3 or the Cardac 3, that they're basically the same device. One's just private labeled for AE tools. And utilizing that or the factory interface, which is also available. You know, if you buy that factory interface, it's going to really only be good for Honda. But there are a lot of guys like me who like to try to use the factory interfaces that are specific to the software they're working on. I haven't had a ton of problems using a quote unquote universally compatible J2534. 
But I have ran into a few things where during module programming or certain routines, factory software typically likes the factory interface better. So for me, I try to stick with the factory interface and in, in, in all possibilities. The process is very much like anything else. The Honda factory software is not uh, overly complicated in nature, say like uh, Volvo Vita, which is super complicated, hard to understand. They, you know, they hide the programming functions behind little radio buttons that if you don't know to click on the three dots, you'll never find what you're looking for. Honda software is not that way. It's relatively intuitive. It's pretty straightforward. So the prerequisites, if you meet the prerequisites, which is having the right pass-through, having a little bit of money to pay for the Honda subscription and having a valid NASDAQ membership really kind of just goes the same as anything else goes. There's n- nothing out of the ordinary. And for those who don't have the Honda software yet, where would they be going to get that? So you can purchase it directly from Honda. So for purchasing the Honda IES software, you would go to estore.honda.com and that's where you would create your account. And then you would log in there to purchase that software, or if you needed to get repair information, you know, wiring diagrams, or if you needed to purchase a key code or some sort of mobilizer type data, they can all be purchased from that estore.honda.com. Great. Thank you. So what what about uh, some of the older Honda vehicles? I know that there's some EEPROM onlys out there. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Sure. There, you know, there are a few of those out there. A few Hondas and Acuras, your Arls and your Preludes that are EEPROM only, unless you happen to have the red programming key that came with the vehicle when it was new. If you have a red programming key that came with the vehicle, then you could cut a new key and and by a process of putting the car into programming mode and cycling the keys, you could program in that secondary key. But there are still a few of them. I did an old RL maybe a year or so ago and actually did an old prelude this year. In my market, I see a lot of these old vehicles. So I do get the opportunity to work on a lot of this. So what I call the old junk that most people don't get to see anymore. I don't know uh, if it's a positive or negative, but, but it is. I see a lot of these old cars in my market. So as for, you know, EEPROM key programming on Honda and Acura, they don't have near as many as say uh, Toyota. You're really only looking at just those couple of models. And, you know, a lot of guys probably won't even see them in their marketing longer. You know, they've disappeared. But with regards to, you know, programming keys to those vehicles that are EEPROM only, you know, I would typically use, let's say the Orange 5 and the Tango. You could use VVDI Prog and VVDI 2. There's a lot of good options out there. And and those jobs are, are, are fairly mundane. They're a small SOIC8, you know, an eight-leg processor, excuse me, eight-leg memory device that you're going to read in circuit typically. So those jobs are, are not extra difficult. Maybe just finding out the information might be the hard part of it to understand how to get the job done. But other than that, they're not, they're not overly difficult. Thank you. Other tips and tricks on Honda? You know, I ran into one the other day. I, I don't know for sure if this is tips and tricks or how common this is, but I had a customer call and they had a 2010 Honda Accord. And they said to me that they have a remote headed key, but the remote no longer works and the alarm is going off and they can't drive the vehicle. So I said, well, you, you know, on these Honda vehicles, when the alarm's going off, you still can drive the vehicle. The lights are going to flash and the horn's going to honk, but you can drive it. So I, the customer didn't want to pay us for a service call fee to come out. So I helped them figure out how to, to pull the horn relay and the headlight relay so that they could drive the car without the lights flashing and the horn honking. <clears throat> they drove it to me. 
I tested the remote. The remote was sending a signal out, uh, but the car was not responding to it. So I said, well, you know, we could do diagnostics here or we can sell you a remote headed key and program it and see if it makes any difference. And I gave them prices both ways. They chose the remote headed key route. So I programmed a new remote headed key and programmed their remote headed key back in and the vehicle reacted the same way. The uh, alarm was still going off and the keyless entry did not work. And most of these Hondas have a switch that's attached to the door lock cylinder, where if you unlock the driver's door lock twice quickly, it will disarm the alarm. And then if you hold it in that unlocked position, it'll roll the windows down. So I tried that and it didn't function that way. I didn't, I didn't have any disarm. Uh, I didn't have any ability to disarm the alarm and the windows did not roll down. So I said, okay, well, the switch in the door uh, on the door lock cylinder must be bad, which is pretty common. So I thought, okay, the, the guy was very agreeable. And, and, you know, I don't know if those folks listening today will agree, but we have found that the climate of customers is, is more and more difficult day by day. But this guy was very agreeable. So I decided to, you know, kind of go the extra mile for him. So we started doing some basic troubleshooting. And I noticed that the driver's door lock switch did not work. And on most vehicles, the driver's door lock switch is wired in uh, parallel to the other switches. So if the driver's door lock switch doesn't work, the other switches don't work. And then this vehicle was kind of weird. The driver's door lock switch did not work, but the passenger door lock switch. So I decided to, to pop this out and take a look. I had also gone online and I had looked to see how you would install a aftermarket keyless entry system into this vehicle. What that would tell me is how to disarm the factory alarm by keyless entry. So the instructions told me that there was a specific colored wire in the harness at the driver's door lock that I would use to disarm the factory alarm. So I thought, okay, if nothing else, I will ground this wire, turn off the alarm. The guy's happy. He doesn't have any keyless entry, but he could still drive. And when I popped the switch uh, panel out to find this wire, I saw that the connector on the driver's door lock switch module was disconnected. I snapped it back in place. The driver's door lock switch worked, the keyless entry worked, and the alarm disarmed. So it was just as simple as the connector had come loose in the driver's door lock switch. I might not have found that if I wasn't sort of going on the path that I was on to try to disarm the alarm, you know, by, by an alternate means, just how a keyless entry system would do, like aftermarket. So I found that it was very interesting, and I've passed that on to a couple people in the last few weeks, been helpful to them. Maybe it's helpful to someone else. Oh, that's great. And I, and I think that the, the bigger piece there is really just having confidence when you're, when you're doing these things, right? Leaning in and, and trying different processes as you're trying to solve the problem and being a problem solver, right? If, if you just stopped at, at the first sign of trouble, you know, how many jobs wouldn't get done? So yeah. T totally accurate. And, and for fear of, of sounding arrogant, egotistical, and I, and I hope I don't come across that way because that's not who I am. But, you know, I do see this a lot. I, I encounter this a lot on technical support where a guy in the field or a gal in the field will encounter one little hiccup, one little road bump, one little hurdle. And they're, oh, well, I'm just going to tell the customer there's a problem with the car. And I always encourage them and say, hey, like, hold on, like, you know, tell me what your level is. What are you comfortable with? Well, you know, what can we work through? Can we check fuses? Can we check this? Can we check that? But, but you're right. And, you know, in, in, in any industry, if you can differentiate yourself from the competition, the customers will seek you out and will be inherently uh, have, have an inherent uh, desire to do business with you over someone else. So yeah, if I can encourage anyone out there that's listening to take the next step and dig in, you know, in-depth troubleshooting is not for everybody, 
But, you know, just because you start learning some troubleshooting steps or some basic vehicle electronics doesn't mean you have to become a mechanic. It just means that you can be better at your job and offer more services to your customers. Yeah, Jimmy, that's great. And, and obviously, you know, we, we've got a lot of training classes in AKG Academy, but I, I've heard you multiple times encouraging people wherever you're going to get that education, whether it's with AKG Academy or otherwise, do it, right? Just, just continually educate yourself and, 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 and be better. So that's great. Anything else you'd like to share with, with uh, those listening? With regards to Honda, Acura, no, I really think those are the common things that we're seeing right now. You know, like every other manufacturer that could change, you know, in the next month or so as the new year models come out. But right now, I think those are the high points. That's great. As always, thank you so much for your time, JB. We'll talk to you again soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you. If you like what you heard on our podcast today, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can get more information at akgacademy.com. We really appreciate your partnership and look forward to chatting with you again.